Welcome, friends, to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. Six quick ways to reset your brain. Hi, it's Diane here, and there are so many ways to reset our brain. As creative people that we all are, bright and talented and gifted people, those of us with a lot of sensitivities, and even people without a lot of sensitivities. Our brains can get all cattywampus during the day or disharmonized, or if we're making a lot of decisions, we get decision fatigue. And sometimes, even in the middle of the day, we get off. Our brain doesn't seem to work the way we want it to. So there are some easy ways to kind of reset things and get us going so we feel better and we can come back around. So I'd like to cover six of the ones that I most recommend. There are others, there's many different things to do, but these are the six things I find extremely useful for the people that I work with, and I use them myself. The first thing is to hum. That's right, hum. Mm-hmm. It can be any song, it can be humming happy birthday, it can be a made up tune, it can be a flat note, it doesn't matter. The vibration of the humming helps tonify the vagus nerve and calm the system and kind of get everybody back in gear again. So I hum in the, at the traffic lights and when I'm driving and, and I just let myself let that vibration happen. Some people I know do a lot of chanting, it does the same kind of thing where that vibration concentrates, regulates our nervous system by tonifying the vagus nerve, which really is responsible for a lot of our regulation. So sometimes just humming through our day, especially if you're in a traffic jam or there's a lot of stress, will help remind the nervous system it's going to be okay. We're gonna make it through this. The second thing I suggest to people to do is stop. Close your eyes, take your hands off the keyboard. Of course, don't close your eyes if you're driving, right? Stop and just close your eyes for just a couple minutes. Just exhale and stop. Just give yourself that couple minute reprieve. Breathing and closing your eyes and stopping. By decreasing the stimulus visually, by stopping whatever the activity is, and by breathing, we remind our nervous system and our biology that it's okay to keep going. That we can rest and keep going. We can rest and keep going. So I, every hour or so, stop, close my eyes, breathe a little bit, and just settle in. I make sure I drop my shoulders, I relax my jaw, and I just let myself settle into my body on purpose. Because when I notice if I'm on a roll working really hard or writing something or really, you know, in my enthusiastic space or if I'm in my frustrated space, my system can get all ramped up and pretty soon I'm not breathing fully or pretty soon my muscles are tight in my shoulders or, or my back and I'm not in my body all the way because I'm so in my mind. So taking time 
to stop and breathe and close our eyes for just a minute helps remind our body that we can live in a rhythm that's comfortable, that's freeing, that's really amazing. And we are allowed to do that, and in fact, we should do that. It helps us stay together, helps us stay alive, it helps us stay on point, it helps us stay focused. And at the end of the day, we do not have any decision fatigue because we haven't exhausted our brain. When the third thing is to do progressive relaxation. Now this takes a little bit more time and a little bit more involvement, but I even do it sometimes at my desk. And progressive relaxation means you squeeze a muscle group and you relax it. And then you squeeze the muscle group and then you relax it. And then you go up your body or down your body. So I find where is there tension and I squeeze the muscle group and I relax it. And then I squeeze it a little harder and then I relax it. And then I squeeze it a little harder and then I relax it. And by squeezing and relaxing, we get the blood pumping, we get the interstitial fluid moving. We remind ourselves that there's a relaxed state and a tense state and our body has permission to relax, to let go, to release. So sometimes I do it with my shoulders or my arms or my legs and I just contract different muscles by contracting them, squeezing, and then releasing. And so we squeeze, and usually when you're squeezing, you're holding your breath, which adds stress to the system. So when you relax them, you exhale and let all the tension and stress leave that muscle. And you do it a few times on the muscle groups that seem to be bothering you or the ones that you want to just kind of wake up and remind that, hello, here we are. We're in a flow, everything is great. So I use that sometimes when I'm, all, when, as I'm working, I can be typing on something or I can be in a meeting and, and I can be contracting my thigh muscles or my little, my ankles or my, or my calves or my arms or my hands. I'm just squeezing and releasing, squeezing and releasing progressively down my body or up my body or progressively in intensity in a certain muscle group. It helps keep things from getting tight. It helps me from being rigid and it reminds me to stay embodied, to stay in my body. Now just keep running in my head because when you run in your head all the time, you lose so much value. You lose your connection to your emotions, to your spirit, to your intuition. And all of us need to be together to play. If we wanna be happy and successful and joyful, it's a mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, social experience. It's not just one part of us. So to embody ourselves by reminding us to breathe into the situation, breathe into our world, is really, really good. The next thing is just that breathing. Um, sometimes I start with stop and breathe, you know, but breathing is so important and it sounds so kind of trite maybe, but the truth is most people are holding their breath. Most people are breathing a little bit from the top of, of their chest instead of from their belly. And most people hold their breath a lot. We hold our breath when we're in pain, emotionally or physically. We hold our breath if we're thinking sometimes. And we're kind of taught not to regulate our breathing very well in this culture. So it's important to just key in and breathe. You know, 
inhaling to four, six counts, what feels comfortable, pausing a moment, and then exhaling. And you want your inhales and your exhales to be roughly the same amount of time. And a little bit of pause in between each breath to give our body time to assimilate the oxygen after you've inhaled and to continue to expel the carbon dioxide and the toxins as you exhale and allowing your nervous system to be more in a flowing rhythm versus just <gasps> gasping for air. That sends emergency signals everywhere to your system like, oh my gosh, there's a problem. And sometimes people breathe like that when there's no problem, but their nervous system and their biology begin to believe there's danger and send out all the adrenaline and the wrong chemicals and the cortisol level gets off and our blood sugar gets weird and our hands get all funny, so and our feet. We don't want all those experiences. I don't think you do anyway. So what I do is I just give myself permission to breathe, stop and breathe, and allow myself to be in a rhythm like the waves on the, on the shore of the Gulf, you know, that where I was raised, or just feeling that breathing that rhythm and letting my lungs expand and my shoulders are down and back a little and reminding myself that air is my friend, that if we all took a deep breath at the same time, there's still plenty of air and it's just a beautiful experience to be able to breathe fully, feel the expanse of our lungs, be in our body experiencing whatever energy's going through it, whatever feelings we have, whether there's a word for them or not, but to feel fully alive. It's so important to feel fully alive. And if you're holding your breath or you're breathing very shallow, you're compromising your experience of vitality in this life. So if you want to have a vital, joyful life, air is your friend. Breathing in a way that supports and nourishes your system rather than just the short little survival breaths or holding your breath a lot. I mean, I've been known in talks I've done in retreats and groups and things, when people are holding their breath just to look at them and go, breathe, because they're holding their breath so much and they don't even realize it. So pay attention to how you're breathing. Watch your belly. See what's going in and out. See yourself moving. Let your body feel the whole breath and love on yourself, right? Then another tip I have is to count backwards. Sometimes I close my eyes, I just stop and I go 10, nine, and I do it with each exhale. And I get all the way to one, three, two, one. And then I breathe really slowly. And then I lovingly open my eyes. And every time I do that, I count backwards from 10 to one, slowly with each exhale. Then when I open my eyes, things are different. I'm calmer, my brain processes better. Whatever the situation is where I'm feeling all jumbled up has settled down. Then I make better decisions. Creativity gets better. Most importantly, that my physiology and my neurology become more harmonized. So they work in my favor instead of having to push through and work despite them. And so we, we all want to practice just stopping for a minute and breathing and counting backwards and taking care of our muscles and all of these things that allow us to be successful 
happy, joyful in our body, right? Now, the sixth thing that I love so much is movement. And a lot of people go, well, Diane, you know, moving, what's that have to do with the brain? Well, everything's connect everything. And our brain is connected to all of our muscles because we're in these four-layer bio-body suits. So we're here and moving pays off. So you notice even during this time, I'm moving a little, like even, my, even as I'm demonstrating the breath, because this little bit of movement that's almost like a rocking, loving movement is very nurturing to my nervous system, right? So sometimes I stretch, you know, like if my side needs a little stretch or I push my shoulders back or I roll my shoulders, it doesn't have to be big movement to reset our brain. Sometimes I go out and walk around the block. Sometimes I go do the dishes. I'm moving my arms that way or I'm drawing or creating. The movement is not as important as the fact is that we do it. Now, when you move and you have your limbs, which would be your hands and your feet, crossing the center line of your body, then that helps harmonize the right and left hemispheres of the brain and helps regulate the communication across the corpus callosum so our brain can regulate and harmonize. It really helps get rid of decision fatigue, some executive functioning issues. It just helps everything talk and work together. So sometimes I just stretch with my arms like this. Oh yeah, I stretch that way and then I twist and stretch that way. And because I've crossed my center line, that helps my brain right to left communicate better. It seems simple, but it's really valuable. So moving really pays off. So we just don't wanna move straight all the time. We wanna be crossing center lines. So sometimes just twisting a little bit will really help the brain settle and communicate to, with itself right to left hemisphere in a way that works for us. So movement can be lots of things. You know, sometimes I have friends, I don't do this, but I have friends of mine that, and clients of mine that go out and go for a run. Uh, I've never been a runner. I like swimming. I like other active things, but running's not my thing so much. Um, but I like going for walks and I enjoy stretching and I enjoy standing on my BOSU ball, bouncing and playing movement that has a little bit of fun in it for me. Just like my people who I know who love running, it's fun for them. So find a movement where you can get in your body and feel all the muscles, move them, right? And when you can cross center line, great. If you're in a position where you can't or it feels weird or you don't want to, don't. But the point is when we cross our center line, it reminds our right and left hemispheres of our brain to come together and cooperate and communicate. So when we're trying to reset our brain, a lot of times it's just about understanding that our neurology and our biology are very complex and very simple at the same time. And that's like the spiritual paradox, right? Well, it's very simple to reset it, but it's not always easy. And the longer you're dysregulated, the more effort it might take to get you back. The longer your stay in this urgent and you know all tensed up state might take a little bit longer to exhale and release. So I suggest that you practice a couple of these things each day. 
Just practice, even when you don't need to reset your brain. That way, when you need to reset your brain, because you're having one of those days, you'll remember what to do. It'll be easy. It's your friend then. If you try to wait until you need it, you know, you're having a struggle, you may not remember it as well, and obviously you won't be very practiced. And so the body remembers what we've been doing, right? So for gifted people, one time's a habit. So once you learn it, then your system always remembers it. And even if you don't know it perfectly, it's like riding a bike, it'll come back. So I like to cross my center line, you know, and sometimes I'm doing goofy stuff when no one's looking, and sometimes I do it when people are looking, and it's totally cool. And other times, I'm just stretching. I'm always doing the breathing part because I tend to have an intellectual overexcitability. So I love to think and ask questions and dive deep. And sometimes when we get caught in our head, we tend to hold our breath more as people. So because I know that, and I know that about me, then I'm like, well, okay, if I'm in my head and I'm thinking, 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 then I, I check in, okay, belly, are you moving? Okay. Let's go, let's get air in here to help fan the flames of creativity and goodness and fun. So it's all of these kinds of things coming together that work for us. So when you find your brain a little bit off balance or you're just off that day, big or little, try one of these six things. Try shifting up your breath, try a little movement, try drawing in circles, that helps too. Try tensing and releasing and counting backwards with each exhale. There's so many different ways that you can begin to reset your brain, recalibrate it, remind it where its optimum flow of functioning is, that optimum flow between apathy and anxiety where we're just cruising along. And so some days it takes a lot more attentiveness and a lot more work. Other days, pretty much on point. Yet, by taking care of our nervous system and being attentive to it, it works better in our favor. It's harder to get stuck in dysregulation and, and anger and resentment and irritation. It's a lot easier to embody and feel our experience because all a feeling is is the energy that tells you you're alive. So if you're not connected to your feelings, then you're compromising your life experience. You're surviving, you're not living and thriving and and we want that vital energy, you know? And we can label our feelings in productive ways. That's another video though, right? Because there's so much more to that. But this is just about resetting our brain. Because if you're like me, you think a lot, you're in your head a lot, and maybe you ask a lot of questions and you dive in, and, or you're a big visionary and you're always paying attention to the big picture. Or maybe you're one of those people that just has to do a ton of decision-making all day. And sometimes we need a break. So give yourself a break every hour to just stop for a second and maybe close your eyes or breathe. Do any one of these six things. Give yourself permission to nurture and take care of you along the way so the stress doesn't break you down, so the stress doesn't take you out. Because if you don't nurture yourself along the way, your system will eventually shut down and then you'll be forced. And that's no fun because then it takes longer to recalibrate. So... Find ways to build into your system these six ideas and things related to it. You could even combine a few in order to remind your body, remind your mind, remind your emotions that you're okay. We're not, there's no emergency, everything's good. So that when there is a crisis or there is something you need to raise your, 
raise your energy for and get your adrenaline going, it's not burned up. It's not fatigued. You're able to step up when you need to and you're able to calm down when you need to. And that's how we're, we're built to do it anyway. So I hope these six things, these six strategies to reset your brain, to get your brain going back where it needs to be, right? To get those things together are helpful. So try them out, comment, send me an email, let me know how they're doing for you. And know that there's always creativity Follow your own intuition. You might want to blend them or make them a little bit different than I explained here. Do what's right for your system to increase your vitality, to fully embody and breathe into your, your own body, your emotion, your experience, your vital energy. And then when you open your eyes and you see that little twinkle in there, that, that, that is the beauty that you're inherently here to bring to the world. And so I support you in it and anything I can do. You can find my email in the show notes. Let me know how these work for you. And if you have any questions or you need more suggestions, reach out. I'm happy, happy, happy to be of assistance in any way that I can. Until the next episode, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.